Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Leverage and Beverage, a show about business building and insights into some of the really cool beverages. We were here stories and talk business, talk strategy, and talk tasting notes today. I'm Greg Sobosinski, and on the show today, we have Vincent uh, Jacoby. Is that correct? That's correct. How's it going, Greg? Up to Gronies. How's it going, Vincent? Um, So (laughs) long story short, we met out at a random uh, beer uh, store out in San Diego, um, what was that place called? Do you remember? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's Bottlecraft in San Diego. They have a couple of different Bottlecrafts here, but it's a, it's a local bottle shop, um, craft bottle shop. Yeah, really, really cool spot. Excellent beer selection. Um, really cool little um, cocktails and other things on the on the beverage industry fringes. But um, I met Vincent there, and we kind of got to talking about a brand that he's starting. He was in house that day talking about his beverage. Um, so, Vince, why don't you kind of give him an intro into into who you are and, and what Tagronis is? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, Vincent Jacoby. Um, we launched Tagronis, which is a to go Negroni in this little cute can. Um, <laughs> And we launched it in June of 2022. Uh, it's a project that we were working on for uh, over a year and a half. Um, my background is in hospitality. My family owns some some restaurants back in Buffalo, New York, um, mm. where they own three three restaurants. So I have some background in hospitality. I moved to San Diego in 2015. Uh, got into uh, tech, but then this kind of has now allowed me to come back into the world of hospitality, but more so on obviously you know consumer beverages. It's a little bit different, but it's been super exciting and and uh, yeah, I'm excited to share my story with you guys a little bit. Yeah, I was looking into you and you, you have a partner, Paul, correct? Yeah, so Paul and I started it. Uh, we started it together. We were traveling during the pandemic and um, <clears throat> during the pandemic, you know, some cities took it more seriously than others and in sure. Seattle was one of those like progressive, <laughs> definitely taking it seriously cities. Sure. And uh, we had to, we, we, we couldn't find any restaurants that were really like open, but they were all doing takeout sales. And, and, and some of them were doing takeout cocktails. And we found this one that was selling takeout Negronis. And we thought it was the best thing ever. And so that was like when the idea struck in our head, like to go Negronis to Gronies. <laughs> and we were drinking, we're drinking Negronis like in these cups. Um, I saw pictures from it like just throughout the streets of Seattle and it was awesome. And, and yeah, I mean, a year and a half later we, we launched. Yeah. It, it's, it's a weird um, progression that the ready to drink cocktails have, have kind of taken on a life of their own. You know what I mean? Um, we were yeah. out, me, me and my wife were out there um, with the time when we met you and um, it was interesting because I had never seen the very, very small cans. I had seen larger cans of, of cocktails, but these, little tiny ones I've never seen. And you even said it yourself, the cute can. I mean, it is, it is. I saw it on yeah. the shelf and I was like, that is a, a very, very cute can. It's, it's like what an inch and a half tall or something like that. Yeah. It's well, it's yeah. I don't know how, how tall it is. I know it's hundred, hundred ounce, hundred milliliters, which is 3.3 out three ounces. And yeah, I think it's actually about uh, an inch and a half. Maybe I want to say, Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we didn't know this existed until we when we started doing research on what other Negronis could be, potentially be out there. The, that's the only way, reason we found this can. We're, when we saw the can, we're like, all right, we need to get this can because this is like a marketing genius right here. So, 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the can's great. I, I I mean, I'm and I'm I'm kind of and it, it is like can you to your point like trending in the right direction of like RTDs are now kind of maturing into more spirit based, which is you know great for our business too. So. It was it was perfect timing of everything. Yeah. So maybe if you for people who don't know, maybe tell them about the RTD or ready to drink 
um, space because yeah. I, I'm not sure everybody is familiar with that. So kind of maybe elaborate on what that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I, to, to my defense, I probably wasn't even familiar with it either before we started this. So, so ready, RTD is ready to drink. So that could be anything from like, um, you know, let's say uh, cut water spirits or like um, high noon or like, um, like the seltzers, like the truly is the white claws, but now we're getting into more spirit based high noon is a spirit based RTD. Anything that's ready to drink out of the can that's pre-mixed and ready and like, you know, whether you drink it out of the can or over ice, that could be considered an RTD. Yeah. I, I love the name though. It, it, it's super simple. It kind of speaks for itself um, to go Negroni to Gronies. It, it just kind of works. Um, but tell, tell us about um, the Negroni itself. What is a Negroni? Because before I yeah. had yours, quite frankly, I'm much more on the beer side of the industry. And so that's what I, I really enjoy, but I had never had one. I tried it and I really, really liked it. It was awesome. Um, but yeah. so uh, talk about that, like what a Negroni is and then why you decided to choose a Negroni. Was that just your, your favorite drink or how, how did that um, path go? Yeah. So, I mean, and it's funny because like, you know, when we're doing, when we're out there in the bottle craps or, or you know, total wine, whatever, we're, we're constantly kind of, it's usually 50-50, whether they know what a Negroni is or not. And a Negroni actually is now like ranked one of the number one cocktails internationally by bartenders. So it's, hmm. it's, it's, it's out there. What it is, is a gin, sweet vermouth and Campari based drink, all equal parts into, uh, you know, it's a cocktail, it's a full strength cocktail. So that if you go to a bar, that's what you'll get. Um, and, um, you know, typically you'll pay like $15. So our pitch is always, Hey, this is the best $5 Negroni you'll find. Um, and, and, and ours is pretty much the same. We import the gin from London. We import the soup vermouth from Italy. Um, Campari you know, is the only thing we had to replace because it's a very proprietary like ingredient. You can't actually get Campari wholesale. And so we, we actually kind of reverse engineered that aspect of it, made it our own, have our own, like, you know, red bear that's proprietary for Negronis. Um, and so pretty much it's, it's, you know, again, one of our pitches is like, Hey, this is, this is a $5 Negroni, but it's also the truest tasting RTD Negroni on the market. Um, so it tastes like a Negroni. Um, talk about the market research and then research and development stuff that you guys had to do. I think that's something that, you know, people who want to start a business, it's kind of, you have to tackle that, that that bear, if you will, of, of yeah. a problem. And so, like you said, the Campari wasn't available to, to use in, in your drink. So what, what kind of R and D stuff do you guys have to do in order to find a, a suitable substitute that wouldn't, you know, um, upset, you know, classic Negroni drinkers? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> well, there, there's two components. Like one, we, we did some research on like the market itself, like, and there was only one other or two other, you know, RTD Negronis out there. And, and they weren't, you know, it's, it's not, they weren't in California for sure. They weren't in the state of Washington where we, where we ended up buying those pre-batched Negronis from this restaurant. Um, so we thought there was an opportunity there. We thought there was, we saw this growing trend, you know, going into RTD spirits, like into the high noons, into like the more like mature RTDs, like going away from the seltzers. Uh, it's still happening today. And then, so like, you know, with this validation in the market, um, again, another one is Negronis were super popular overseas. It's actually, I think the, the number one or number two RTD in, in Western Europe is mm -hmm. this, is a Negroni way, way it's, they're actually very popular in, in, in the UK and Australia. So you can find plenty of RTD Negronis in, in those locations. Um, and so the second thing is like, Hey, how do we actually like make this? And so not coming from, 
like, you know, a beverage background, we, we had to knock on a lot of different doors and we kind of, we, 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 we'd run into some scenarios where like we, we talked to someone like, and, you know, we get excited about the project and, you know, they didn't know what Negroni was and we're like, ah, like we, you know, maybe we don't want to partner with these guys. So we, 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 we were, we stayed patient and we, and we ended up um, getting in contact with uh, this Italian vermouth producer hmm. um, that, you know, ha- had experience like with RTD Negronis. And so it was, it was a, perfect scenario where he was able to like say, Hey, like, you know, I'll introduce you to, you know, my contacts that um, can help you. And, you know, in turn, obviously I'm going to buy his vermouth um, and, and use it in my Negroni. Right. So, uh, and so that's kind of how we got started. And we, in, the introduction to Scrappy's Bitters in Seattle, Washington, kind of where we originated the idea. So it was perfect. It was kind of like stars aligned a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you, what do you think it is about the ready to drink space? Do you think it is something to do with like instant gratification of somebody wanting their drink right here, right now? Or do you think it's more of just a specialization issue? Like I think, cause what I mean by that is I think you see Negronis um, or, or at least canned cocktails. It's like a way that people see it on their own terms. I want this. I want it here. I want it on a beach. I want it already made at the same time. We have people who are, will also pay, really high amounts to have a cocktail made in front of them at a restaurant. So is it just the specialization aspect of it that it's on their own terms or is it more of the instant gratification needing it here and now? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, I think it's, I think it's a combination of those two things. Maybe um, I think consumers are, their palates are kind of evolving a little bit and wanting something more than a white claw, for example, I, I hate to keep going back to white claw, but like, <laughs> we'll just slam white claw. <laughs> it, it, I'm with uh, you there. So no, no, no problems here. And, and then, you know, like, I think, I think, I think there's, I think there's, we're finding more ways where RTDs are fitting. Um, whether that's like, you know, like a bartender that's super busy and can't get to all these drinks and just needs, you know, and, they, and, and the, the, the venue wants to make some additional money or airlines, airlines are, pretty big right now. Mm. I think the, the second, um, like straightaway cocktails, they just got onto Alaskan airlines. So, I mean, like we're, there's, we're finding more ways where RTDs make sense. And then on the legality side of things, it's also becoming more accepted. So they just pat, they just, they're trying to pass a law here in California where, um, you could actually sell RTD spirits, um, in a beer and wine licensed restaurant, which would be interesting. Hmm. Um, it had to be under 10%, which doesn't necessarily help the gronies, but I think just <laughs> we're, we're, there's more, there's, there's becoming more opportunities for RTDs and RTD sure. spirits. Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there as far as I think with this space kind of ever evolving, it used to be very black and white. You know, you had your beer, your wine and your kind of spirits, but now it's like you have these mixes of everything. You have some RTD stuff, you have you know, 15% beers, you, you know what I mean? You have yeah. beers that are, are combinations of, um, you know, the, the, they have like 50% wine must, you know what I mean? So these things that are very, um, hybrid, if you will, you have hard kombuchas. It's like, where, where do these things fall on, on this radar? So it's becoming hard to fit, you know, um, all these new drinks into the traditional legal speaks, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. so what do you think is what, what do you think is the future of that? Is that gonna, um, come to a, a head at some point where a new system kind of has to be created or what, what are your thoughts there? Um, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's just, I mean, I, I think it's fun to watch, to watch all these different trends, like hard kombucha. That's like, obviously like a, like a more healthy 
you know, cocktail, I guess, a drink or whatever. I think, I think, I think it's just, I mean, everyone like for the, for the drinking is to the, the, the test of time. Right. So I think it's just kind of like trends changing and, and how you, what you intake per se. Uh, sure. I don't think like there's any going to like, you know, I think when I, with the, on the compliance side of things, maybe things get eat, like you know, open up for something like an RTD spirit or opened up for like whatever to help like the industry. But I think it's just change trends, changing trends is I guess what I would think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel, I feel that. Um, talk to me a little bit about for people who are listening, um, someone who's interested in an idea or has an idea not necessarily along these lines, but just something that they want to do. We mentioned the R&D space. You got to knock on a lot of doors. What does that process look like? And what does your day-to-day life look like right now? To give someone a peek behind the curtain of what that looks like so they might know what they might be in for. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like, I, like I guess those two questions there, right? If, if you're interested in getting in space and and where to start, you know, like, I think the, the most important part is nailing the liquid. Um, and so like, you know, <clears throat> um, sure. There's like, there's, there's flavor houses out there and there's, um, you know, there's di- the, like, there's different spirit companies. I, I, I would just, you know, like I, I would try, try each, each Avenue that you possibly can like visit a flavor house, visit like a distiller, local distillery, ask questions and, and just like, you know, just be patient and, 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 you know, know what you're looking for. And then over time, you'll kind of learn that, that process and you'll find your way, like kind of like, I guess, how, how we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second question is, you know, Paul and I's background, um, you know, what it, is in sales and, and somewhat marketing. And so like most of our day-to-day is, is you know, networking on the streets, um, trying to get in front of the right people. Knowing, now that we know our market like pretty, pretty well, um, you know, we're, we're knocking on those doors. Um, we, we, on, on the back end of things, we do have partners to help like co-pack it for us. So we don't have to work like necessarily do a lot of the operations and have it lifting aspects. We're more on the sales and marketing side. So that's pretty much what our day-to-day looks like today. Gotcha. Now, um, I noticed you guys are part of a, or I guess Tagronis, is that a, a DBA under, uh, should I, should I, should I pour this by the way? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pour it away. Okay. I'm gonna, uh, I don't know if we work with care about it. We'll see. <laughs> no, they won't. They won't know what it is yet. Um, so yeah, so um, Vincent's got a Tagroni on his end. He's pouring it right now, um, and I don't have one yet. They're not. They're not available in in PA or Jersey, so I will have to save that for a future date. Um, but I got a little, you know, Elijah Craig on my end. But what I want you to do, Vincent, is kind of walk us through some of what you're tasting here um, for someone who hasn't had one before. Yeah. So, so a Negroni is is a combination of both. A little bit sweet and 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 bitter. Um, so, like the first time you'll ever have a Negroni, you, you might it might be like it might be a little bit different of a taste profile than what you're used to. And, and then by the second and third one, you're just you're, you felt you fall in love. Um, that's that's kind of like how <laughs> what happened to me. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't have enough of them after I had like my second and third one. I remember like years ago when I had my first one. Um, so basically, on the tasting note side, uh, with the gin you probably taste the gin like the least, um, but you're still going to get those juniper citrus notes. And then um, our, our, you definitely taste the sweet vermouth. Um, again, it's equal parts of everything. So with the sweet vermouth, you're getting a full bodied vanilla, cinnamon, orange peel. Um, and then the bitterness definitely can't miss the bitterness either. Um, and that's going to be grapefruit, dark cherry, 
the base is gentian root and you're going to get a little bit of orange zest in there together. Mix those all together. You got a delicious Negroni. You got a delicious Negroni. I'll tell you, I've, I've been searching for a drink for years. Um, I never came across a Negroni before until I was in that shop. And I honestly, I can, I can honestly say, I think it was probably one of my favorite cocktails or something I could see myself coming back to, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I was, I've never been a big, like, um, I don't know. I, I like a Manhattan once in a while, an old fashioned maybe, but this seemed to fit better. It seemed more balanced than either of do you, those. Do me. you, do you, do you, have you, have you had, or, or do you like to enjoy like Aperol spritzes? <laughs> Um, not very much, but is that, okay. is that made with Campari as well or no, that, that's Aperol, I guess. But, um, like if you go to Italy, like, you know, on the, on the, on the corner of every restaurant or whatever, um, that you're going to, you're going to find an Aperol spritz, but then you're also going to pr- find like a Negroni. So it's like, it's kind of like the, the, the little cousin they're, they're the, because of the bitterness and the Aperol, mm. but it's not as bitter as Campari. So it's definitely different. Um, but still kind of in the same genre. Um, so you guys are currently on, on the West Coast. Um, you guys are based out of San Diego, correct? Correct. Um, so I saw you have some West Coast presence, a few other states. I think New York is one of them too. Is that right? Um, yeah. So we got uh, California, New York, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. Uh, mm-hmm. We do have one store in DC. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we, we hope to be in a couple more states by mid-year. Very cool. Do you guys have uh, plans? I mean, it sounds like you have a a very natural market in Europe of people who would love to have this. But you know, is it more of you know is that down the road a little bit, or is it kind of on the on the, on the horizon? Yeah, uh, I we 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 get folks on Instagram that are like, take my euro, like like this needs to be in Europe, blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we would. I mean, we would love to be overseas. I just think, uh, I mean, you know, there's there's a cost to, you know like shipping overseas and then like taxes, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, I think at some point we would like to, but right now our focus is uh, here domestically in the States. Um, so one question I like to ask people is they kind of, ha- they're kind of uh, so in the day to day when they're at this stage in, in a business, there's so much going on. Um, what What is the vision for this long-term? Is it really just to be the go-to canned cocktail for Negronis, yeah. and that is that is it like for you know specifically i know you mentioned um airplanes and, and airlines is it for any occasion every occasion or is there a, a specific niche in that you're, you're trying to fill that's a great question too i mean i i i, I kind of like see it going a lot of different ways um but in the next couple of years like really what we want to like really truly become is not just a, a like a you know, RTD spirits, we want to become a Negroni brand. So like, mm. we're going to be releasing Negroni variations within this can. Um, uh, you know, our, our, our branding, uh, you know, Negronis has to be a Negroni brand, right? Um, at some <laughs> point, we're also going to introduce like another kind of like, let's just call it like sister brand um, that focuses on some other cocktails outside of the Negroni world, uh, which we're mm. excited about. And we think we're, we're, you know, we think we're making a good bet with that. Um, but to growing itself, yeah, I mean, we, we want to, we, we, there's, there's a lot of market to cover, like airlines, like you mentioned hotels, et cetera, theaters. Um, so we, you know, that's our focus for the next couple of years. Yeah. I, th- I think the idea of specialization in this space is a really a good idea. Cause I think some people, they try to just take every 
the top five cocktails and make all of them. And they do like a mediocre job. You know what I mean? Totally. As, a, as opposed to just, like you said, like, I don't think most people, if they're going to make a Negroni are going to go to like Italy to get their vermouth. You know what I mean? So that, that's yeah. what I mean. People are just going to try to, to approximate what it is as opposed to really dialing in the flavor profile of whatever their liquid is. 100%. I think, I think at, 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 in the beginning, I was like a little nervous that we, okay, we're, we're pigeonholed into this Negroni brand, but now I actually think it's like a beautiful, like, you know, like it actually turned out to be great. Right. So just for that reason, specialization. So, so to Gronies, I, I noticed that you have a um, LLC called common poor. Is that kind of like your, your like holding company and you're going to have things that kind of branch off out of this? Uh, yeah. So that's actually going to be what we're going to be. We're, we're planning on launching the sister brand under common poor. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. I think, yeah. We, yeah. We, we, we kind of we originally were like, okay, this could be the holding company, but but now we're actually thinking, um, we're not thinking, but we're, we're planning on moving forward with this other brand using common core. So there's going to be some kind of correlation between the two brands. You mentioned your, your background in, in marketing. Um, how has that pulled through, or I'm sure it's been of, you know, a really good help during some of this, but yeah. how has that kind of, um, shown itself in, in this process of you building the brand, maybe talk about the can, can design, you know, logo, things of that nature. Yeah. Well, my, so my background is sales. I, w- I wouldn't say it's like, I mean, sales is kind of in marketing you could argue that they're similar, but, um, you know, in, in my experiences with, uh, previous businesses and previous sales roles and, you know, I, I, branding is super important. So it's one thing we, we never really ever want to, um, you know, we, we always, we always wanted branding to be super important on, on the radar for us. So we're, that's an investment we're always willing to make. And so, um, you know, Paul's, one of Paul's best friends uh, is our branding designer. Uh, it is a company called Stronghold Studio. And so everything that he does, whether even like, you know, even like Instagram posts that, that we want to make kind of like gets vetted through him. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, so that the brand stays on point. Cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. What, what is, what is on the, the, the front of that can? Is that a little bird? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bird. So we got, we got the bird, which is the sparrow, uh, which is the bird of Italy. Ah. And, um, it's, it's, you know, as, as any to go, uh, you know, let's just say format wood. It's, it's, it's got some wings It's and it's flying away with the, the, the juniper <laughs> of what would be in from the London dry gin. But, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, you know, we did a good job, I think with the, the logo. In, in, in the scaling process, I mean, I, I met you at a, uh, at Bottlecraft when you were just there kind of doing, doing your, uh, pound on the pavement and doing your street work is what's been the most successful for you as far as marketing campaign, campaigning and getting out and getting the word across to people? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's also a good question. So I think, I think it's, it's really, you, you have to be doing a lot of different things. I mean, there's asynchronous and synchronous sales. Like we, we need to be getting in front of um, the right people via networking events and getting introductions, but we also need to be prospecting outreach via Instagram, via email to our market, which is higher end liquor stores. Um, we, 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 you know, bottle crap was one where we just, we knew the buyer was working on a Sunday and we, so we went in on a Sunday and dropped off samples. Um, and then like, you know, like, and, and then, yeah, like having an online presence is huge. I mean, Instagram, social, um, you know, Instagram ads like that. It's all important. It's, it's a combination of everything. And you have to, you have to, you know, you have to do it right to, to get those, those doors open for you. 
do you do you think it's a um an uphill battle with the fact that you know only like you, approximately half people know what a Negroni is, or is that part of the thing too? Is is to bring Negroni to the masses, so to speak? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, that's the the, the stores that we're in um, because they're maybe a little bit more like educated on the spirit side of things. Like they they're like, oh wow, a Negroni! Like we definitely want to try it and, and see if we can get this in here. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, like there is definitely some education, but like we know that those stores probably have like a clientele that know what a Negroni is, but when we're doing sure. like the total wine, we're doing like these other, these other, you know, storefronts, like whether it's a grocery or whatever. Um, yeah. There's definitely some education part of that. And like, you know, sometimes we'll get a little uh, like, you know, I'm a Darcy uh, Negroni Spagliato, like viral moment, which gives us a little boost. Stanley Tucci uh, talking yeah. about a Negroni on, yeah. on YouTube. Um, yeah, those things are great. Um, but yeah, there's definitely an education aspect too. Um, so you mentioned, uh, some of the other things, I know you don't want to reveal too much, but some of the other brands you might want to jump into as far as the, um, not, not brands necessarily, but other Tegroni variations. Um, how yeah. much, how much variation is there in Tegroni? I think one of the cool things about that you've mentioned is that how it's, you know, um, all equal parts. So it seems yeah. you know, very easy to make, especially in large quantities, but, um, what, uh, what other variations are possible or are these going to be more proprietary things that you guys create? No, they, there's a whole Negroni, like basically family tree out there. <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you could, you could, yeah. You can. Uh, so like, and the, it, the, so stubbing the gin for uh whiskey would be a Boulevardier subbing the gin for Mezcal would be a Oaxacan uh, or a Mezcal Negroni. If you um, and then like Negroni Spagliato is, uh, a instead of the gin it has prosecco in it um and then we got like the americano which is soda water instead of the gin so there's there's a lot out there i mean there's mm. more there's there's probably like at least like 10 or 15 riffs now on wow. the negroni yeah probably won't conquer them all um but definitely um some of the more popular ones um starting with the boulevardier for sure that's pretty wild i i had no idea I didn't even know what a Negroni was. And I know there's like 15 variations. <laughs> that's, that's pretty yeah, crazy. There, there, there's a whole Negroni week uh, dedicated to the the, the cocktail. Yeah. Man, <laughs> September. I, I, I've always said it's one of the craziest things where, you know, you, you have your things that you like and you will, you go deep into those. You'll go to conventions for them because you know, it's like a big following base. But I, I learned about other people's things, like their little even yep. hobbies or businesses or things they like. And there's this whole world behind it that I had no idea was even there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you, and we, we definitely notice it like with our following on, on Instagram and stuff, like there's just a, this just fan base. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned you were in the, the restaurant business prior to this, correct? Yeah. Is that, well, I grew, I grew up in the restaurant business. Um, and what, what did that teach you about, you know, customer service or things of that nature that you might be pulling into your, um, yeah. you know, into your, uh, um, quiver now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the one thing it did teach me is, is customer service. Uh, and mm. like, you gotta be quick on your feet. Mm. Um, uh, you know, and I think, uh, you know, buff the, like the Buffalo market, it's a little bit different than what's out here in San Diego. I mean, um, but I think, um, you know, it just, it, it, it I think also it just taught me to work hard and, and, and kind of listen to your customers um, more so than anything. Yeah. 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 
the the RTD space, which we've kind of um, alluded to so far, I think it's getting pretty. There's a lot of brands in the space. Like I, I was in the, in the store the other day, and I saw a, um, I think it was um, Hard Rock had like a hard seltzer, and I was like, Oh, geez, was what's going on here? Like <laughs> the seltzer space <laughs> in particular. I think, and I think actually, I think High Noon did a really good job of of pivoting to you know being one of the. I, I think I actually tried them a couple of years ago. Um, there was a sample person, like like how you were in in Bottlecraft. Try try the high noon, and I was like, "Wow, this tastes way better than whatever seltzers I, I tried before." Um, what other? What do you think is Generation Two of the RTD space? So we're seeing this kind of like people are picking up different pockets of it. You guys have the the Negroni space. What do you think is the next wave? Yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, I think we're starting to see the non-elk space, like like mm. come come to fruition um and that could like that could even evolve even more like they're like one of one of um there is a there is a company that does a phony negroni uh which i think is pretty cool um and so maybe seeing some more like non-elk um like cocktails like like you know non elk old-fashioned or non elk margarita so i think that's i think that's interesting i think that's coming up and, and up and coming um other than that i think i think i think it's going to be i mean this past year was a huge surge of RTD spirits in general, specifically long drinks, which is like the, the high ABV, like the co- the crap cocktail. I think it grew 27% versus like, you know, the seltzer, which maybe is plateauing a little bit. Um, so I think, I do think this and non-elk, I mean, they're kind of inverse, but like, I, th- I think that's where the direction is going. Yeah. Maybe that speaks to some of the specialization we had earlier. It's like everyone was trying to hit this middle ground of like, Oh, let's make it, Eight percent, you know what I mean? Makes make it, you know, just okay. Make sure it's kind of tastes in the vicinity of what this is supposed to taste like. When someone's like, "Well, no, I want a cocktail of a Negroni. That's what I want," or I want something non-alcoholic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to trying to just hit every single demographic with one type of drink. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, For sure. So, as far as um, Negronis go, I, I think I'm actually gonna pull on this string a little bit and, and see where this takes me because Uh-oh. I am other what well, so besides a Negroni, what other what are your other favorite cocktails that that you personally enjoy? Uh well I mean that's I, I think there's always a time and place for it. I mean I, I I you know grew up on beer and and I you know you you mature throughout your twenties with like like Jack and Cokes and, and rum and stuff like that. And then, you know, now I, I do enjoy wine. Red wine's great. Um, I do love me some mezcal. Uh, I think that's an amazing spirit. Um, I, I, ha- I have a bitter tal- palate, if you couldn't tell, like gin, mm. mezcal, and, and citrus, and, yeah, you know, ginger, et cetera. Um, but there's, a, I mean, there's a time and a place for, for anything, I think. What are, what are um, would you say the biggest challenges that you've faced to date? So one of the things that we try to talk about on this show, it's called leverage and beverage. So what are some points of leverage where you've had either a struggle or something and were able to either overcome that? And then what kind of gave you, you know, maybe um, a market advantage in one area or another that provided you to get some leverage in, in the market you're in? Yeah. Um, I'd say the first part is, is, is navigating the three tiered system. Um, you know, we, in the alcohol world, you have to, you know, find a distributor and the distributor has to sell your product. And like, you know, and, and all the while as the brand, you're still kind of managing 
the sales, like through the distributor, then through the to the retailer, and then to the consumer. So like you have to really hit it on all three levels, and that's it's, it can be difficult. Like you know, if, if if the distributor's not doing a good job, if the retailer's not doing a good job, you know, so um, we have to we being a new brand and kind of coming from nowhere, you still have we we have to manage both aspects. You know what I mean? Mm. I think what gives us a competitive advantage is that. Um, you know, we, we do, we, we, we know our product is, is, we know our liquid is solid. We know we have a solid branding. Um, I, and I think that this is very unique to the marketplace. I don't think, you know, we're knocking on these doors like, oh, wow, a Negroni in a can, like we haven't seen that before. So I think that gives us a little bit of an advantage. It gives us, gives us a, a foot in the door. It gives us a seat at the table, which is super important. So like having that differentiator, knowing what those are and knowing our market is, is what, what, what's helped us like the most, I'd say. Sure. I, I can tell you from, you know, the beer world, especially um, beer kind of went really heavily into the canning, <laughs> especially over the past like two or three years. Um, but you go into a beer store now and I mean, there are probably, you know, hundreds of singles that you can buy with the cans that have so many different designs. Um, yeah. So my point is I, I kind of like the black can. It's it's kind of, it's pretty sleek in, it, in its design. I think it stands out a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't think the RTD space is really quite there yet as far as that the same competition that like beer has as far as shelf space with all the different cans types. Um, but was that a consideration when you guys designed the can was something that was maybe a little bit counter to what was already out there? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we, 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 there was only one other company that had like a similar can with a Negroni. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't think, I, you know, I kind of relied on our branding designer to just come up with something that like, we went, I mean, we went through some iterations of it, but, you know, we wanted something that was, yeah, we wanted something that was bold and, and, you know, we had this matte, you can't miss this matte, matte black can, like when you, when you're, you're passing in the aisle, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, I think that's kind of like the idea. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, we, all, the only thing we considered was that like, Hey, we, we saw the can and we, we know we needed the can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So have you hit any points where you had some breakthrough moments? You're like, Hey, listen, we were kind of, uh, gosh, things were going tough for a while, but man, we, we made this relationship or we made this thing work that really propelled us to another stratosphere. Yeah. Um, talk about that. Cause sometimes I think, especially in the, you know, the entrepreneurial space, you know, people, those are like live and die moments. You know what I mean? People really, um, those are great moments because you kind of, you're like, okay, you hit a breaking point. It's like, all right, this is actually happening. We're actually doing this. We actually have some future here. So do you have any stories about, you know, things along those lines? Uh, yeah, I would say, um, you know, we, we go through, we go through ups and downs like every single day, like literally one email could be, Hey, sorry, not going to, this is like, you know, we're not, we don't, we're, we're good on RTDs. And then we get another email that says, Oh, Hey, like we're looking for, we're looking to carry your product. Like, you know, it's like things like that are just happening left and right all the time. And so like, not, not like overstressing about the scenarios is one aspect. And I think the, mm. I think the big, the big eye opening moment was when we got our first retailer, mm. uh, which was bitters and bottles in San Francisco. And we, we, we got the notification that they put an order in and we booked our flight to, to San Francisco the next day. And we're like, we're going <laughs> to our first store. <laughs> 
that that's really cool. I mean, it, it's it's so true though. It's like I think you have to learn like not to get you know too emotionally high. Don't get too emotionally low. You kind of have to ride this this middle wave because otherwise it's just like this wild ride of emotions the entire way through. Um. Yeah. So I have a. Is there anything in the cocktail slash bar slash restaurant slash um you know cocktail space that you're like this is really on my mind right now and i i'm thinking about this i think this could be either a future direction of what we do or i think it could be just an area that the space goes in general is there anything that's kind of just sticking out to you in the space that's either i don't like this i like this anything along those lines yeah um <clears throat> well we kind of we kind of touched on it with the non-elk i think the non-elk um I think the non-elk is very interesting. Like, I, I think that's there's definitely so much growth there. But I, I wonder if like the numbers of of the non-elk sales are actually like like reaching that like demand. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I'm curious about. The second thing is, you know, more acceptance of RTD spirits. Um, and, and I mentioned, you know, before, like California is trying to trying to pass this bill where you know, beer and wine licenses can start carrying it. And I think that's, that's super interesting because that, that would be a whole other market that you can get into, you know, like Negroni spritz, that's 10% alcohol, but it could be served at a beer and wine. Like all of a sudden there's this huge market that just came out of nowhere for these, for, for, for an RTD spirit cocktail. Um, and then third thing is, you know, the direction that, um, I'm, I'm still really betting on is premiumization, as you kind of mentioned too, is, just like, you know, there, as, as there's a growing need for, you know, different spaces that could use an RTD cocktail, um, you know, maybe just like evolving the, the palette of like, Hey, maybe we can get a Mezcal like Negroni at a hotel or something like that. And so I think, I think that's what we're really betting on. Like the future mm -hmm. of, of like where we're going is that there is going to be this evolution of, of like, of like one, the palette and then two, just like, like like what people are, what, what we're doing with RTD spirits cocktails. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I think the, the mezcal is always something that's fascinated me. I think it's a really cool tasting spirit. Um, I, I don't, I don't have it too, too much, but when I do, I really, really enjoy it in a drink it has like that smoky kind of deal with it. It's really, really nice. Um, the, uh, thing I wanted to touch on, we have a couple questions here. We're going to jump to in a second for a quick question. Yeah, round, but let's do it. I, I did want to jump in before that for on some of the, the funding side. So for you guys, are you guys all self-funded? Do you have, you know, outside investors? Um, so for someone who's kind of listening and say, well, I have an idea, but how do I get off the ground or how do I start out? Uh, maybe just yeah. kind of lend a couple words of advice of what you guys have done, or maybe some things that they might want to consider. Uh, yeah. So we, we, we actually are self-funded. Um, and, um, you know, we, we've been able to, just bootstrap this ourselves. And, and I think we kind of got lucky in, in the sense that we made these connections, which has allowed us to save low costs. And we were allowed to basically because we're, because of the partners that we have, we were able to create these cans in, in lower quantities. Um, and, and I think that's what I would recommend. If, if, if you are looking for funding, that's great. I think at some point we might look for funding um, just to like help, help accelerate sales and marketing, like, you know, 10 X. Um, but if you are looking for funding, that's great. And, um, 
you know, just, just be prepared for like a solid, like, you know, just solid strategy. But, but if you're not, if you want to like get started, like, and like, just have like the proof of concept, kind of like how, what we did, you know, find your demand first and then um, go from there. You know, it was like, we, 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 we started with, you know, our first pallet run and, and we found our customers and we found our, our, our vendors. And now all of a sudden, like, you know, we're, we're a hundred retailers deep now. Right. So <clears throat> Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I think finding your demand or finding your client base is a good a good first step. I've seen times where people, they're like, oh, well, no one's doing this in this space. And it's like, well, maybe there's a reason why no one's doing that in that space. Um, you know what I mean? So there's like, it, it can cut both ways. It's like, yes, there's there's probably a, an opening there, but you have to make sure that there's also, also demand there to you know keep your business afloat. Um, all right, let's jump into this quick question round. And uh, round? We'll kind of, what's that? Is, is there a name for this, Greg? Is this, is this like lightning round or? Yeah, kind of like that. Exactly. Okay. Um, so they're, they're kind of, they're kind of general. They're kind of just whatever. It kind of first thing that comes to your mind. Um, and the first one is a very general question. So what first one is, what's the coolest thing you've seen lately? That can be in the RTD space. That can be in the liquor space. That could be anything. It could be a video you saw on YouTube. Um, but what's the coolest thing you've seen? Uh, the coolest thing I've seen. <laughs> um... Uh, the cool, the coolest thing I've seen was the, the last of us episode three on HBO max. Okay. Is that the one with, uh, what, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, it's like the, what is his name? <laughs> I forget. It's, um, <clears throat> it's, well, it's Bill and Frank is, is the, is the love story. And then, um, who is the who is the guy that plays them? I forgot. It's the the Last of Us. Is that is that with the girl and the Nick? Uh, yeah, yeah. Pedro Pascal and, and Pedro Pascal. That's it. Bella Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. Solid okay, TV cool. show. Solid. Good. It's okay. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah. I actually started. I was watching. I just finished the first season of uh, The Rings of Power. I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy. Uh, Rings of Power on Amazon. That that was awesome. Super super cool. Solid. Yeah, very solid. Um, what are some tools that are great that you work, work with on a daily basis or you use that you couldn't live without? That could be like a, I have some people who are more um, in the blue collar space. So they have like a, you know, a shoehorn or something like that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like what's an actual, or it could be a software tool for you, but like what, what is a tool to use on a daily basis that you couldn't live without? Uh, yeah. So uh, we, <sighs> I get this, this could go a lot of different directions, but I'm going to, I'll just kind of <laughs> name some here. Uh, we use Canva for social media. We, we use chat cool. GBT for, for, for writing some captions. I don't know if you're not familiar with chat GBT. hundred percent. Uh, we use, obviously we use outlet for email, but like some other things are, um, let's see here. We, we use a software called LibDib. Um, mm. that's maybe a plugin for LibDib, but they're like a, basically like a way for us to to distribute to markets that we probably couldn't get into like we haven't gotten into yet just like kind of get our feet wet and build demand um we use a uh let's see here um I'm looking at my like my like tabs open right now <laughs> uh i i think i mean i don't know i think those are those are three good ones that i'd probably stick by yeah i think that's awesome um, what are the most, uh, transformational changes you are looking to make, um, in the next 90 days, both personally and then professionally as well? 
Yeah. Um, so I think personally, um, I think, you know, personally, I just kind of want to get back into playing tennis more. So like twice mm. a week, as opposed to like maybe once every two weeks. Sure. Um, professionally, I, I would like to have our second skew up for Tagronis ready by at least June. So hopefully that's, that's awesome. kind of when we're targeting. No, cool. knock on wood, no, uh, no delays. hundred percent. Um, and then finally, what is your favorite beverage? And this might go without saying, but yeah, I mean, this it's probably not fair that it's, it's definitely a Negroni, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think outside of a Negroni, I would, hmm. I'm really, really big fan of Tempranillo, like Spanish wine. Mm. So that's probably what I would do. Like if it was, if it was like more of like a stay in night and, and make dinner. So, yeah. That's cool. I haven't heard that one before. So we're, uh, you're in good company there. Um, Finally, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to let, let you the next minute or so just to kind of plug anything you want to plug, um, give some people your, your thoughts and then where people can find you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, if you're listening to this, give us a follow on Instagram first and foremost. Um, if you are like looking to buy Tregronis and it's maybe not in your state, like, you know, PA or New Jersey, um, then I would say go to our website, Tregronis.com. And we did a little special for you guys, uh, $5 flat rate shipping, um, mm. when it would typically cost us like probably like 20 something dollars. So, um, the closest thing you're going to get to be buying in store. And, yeah. um, and then I think, uh, yeah, just be on the lookout, uh, for, um, things on our roadmap. We're super excited about like where we're headed. Um, and we hope to get to, to your state soon if we're not there already. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you're not yet a subscriber, please go and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and all major platforms, and you'll get notifications whenever new episodes are posted. If you want to write to us, our email is leverageandbeverage at gmail.com. And if you follow us, it's on Instagram at Leverage and Beverage. I'm Greg Sobosinski, and you've been listening to Leverage and Beverage. As always, keep pushing forward one sip at a time.